Hey guys, what's up? My name's Ines. I write kissing books and today I'm having a bit of a breakdown because it's hard to hit the nail on the head when you're using the hammer of God. Let me break it down for you. It's Thor Day! Yes, I'm breaking down the God of Thunder from Down Under to take a close look at his abs. I mean, five-part finale. Marvel Studios' Thor, directed by Kenneth Branagh, stands out as a unique blend of mythological grandeur and superhero bravado within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The film not only delves into the journey of the Norse God of Thunder, but also weaves in a compelling love story subplot. Yay! Thor, portrayed by Chris Hemsworth, is initially depicted as an impetuous and arrogant heir to the throne of Asgard. His reckless actions lead to his banishment to Earth, where his path crosses with astrophysicist Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman. This meeting marks the beginning of a subplot that is as much about love as it is about Thor's journey of self-discovery and transformation. The romance between Thor and Jane is integral to the story, offering a glimpse into Thor's humanizing vulnerability and adding a layer of relatable emotion to the film. The structure closely aligns with Blake Snyder's Save the Cat method and not only charts Thor's evolution from a brash warrior to a worthy hero, but also artfully incorporates his deepening relationship with Jane. This relationship serves as a catalyst for much of Thor's personal growth, making the love story, with its handful of screen time, a key element in the film's plot. It's through his interactions with Jane and the emotions that they evoke that Thor begins to understand the values of humility, compassion, and responsibility. So let's break it down, cat style. For the opening image, the film opens with astrophysicist Jane Foster encountering some kind of cosmic anomaly event in New Mexico. She's not initially believed, even by her mentor, which immediately elicits empathy from the audience. And then she crashes into a mysterious figure. This sets the stage for a story that intertwines Earth and the otherworldly realm of Asgard as we flash back to Thor who will turn out to be who Jane hit with her van. Early in the film, themes of humility, worthiness, and responsibilities are put on display. Odin, the king of Asgard and Thor's father, emphasizes the importance of wisdom and humility over brute strength to both his young sons, Thor and Loki, in a further back flashback. For the setup, we're in Asgard in a more recent present day, and we're introduced to a grown Thor, the arrogant and powerful heir to the throne of Asgard. It's his crowning day, but you can see the reluctance on his father's face as Thor hams it up for the crowd. Just before Thor is about to be crowned, the palace comes under attack by frost giants, pulling away all their attention to the scene of the thwarted crime in one of the relic vaults. The frost giants attempt to steal back their source of power, which happens to be an infinity stone, was thwarted by the destroyer, which is an iron giant security system that spews fire. Which brings us to the catalyst. Thor calls for war, which his father calmly denies, but Thor's not having it. He rallies his friends Sif and the Warriors Three. Note that Sif is canonically the Thunder God's true love, but instead, it's the astrophysicist Jane. 
Thor's friends tag along on his impulsive decision to attack the Frost Giants. This reckless action leads to severe consequences of breaking the long-standing peace. Odin shows up just in time and there is no debate. Odin is judge and jury. He dresses down his son, literally. Odin strips Thor of his power and his hammer and banishes him to earth to grapple with his loss and learn humility. The break into the second act occurs when Thor, now powerless, starts his life on earth. It takes him a minute to realize he has no powers and no standing and fighting will get him nowhere. It's a true upside down, extraordinary world that a hero would venture into in the hero's journey. The B story revolves around Thor's developing relationships with Jane Foster and her team, as well as his brother Loki's actions back on Asgard. Loki schemes to get the crown as Odin falls into a deep sleep. Thor and Jane flirt as he dangles cosmic jewels in front of her. Jewels of knowledge. You guys get your heads out of the gutter. For the fun and games, this is in addition to the love story plot where Thor has to try and regain his power and his standing. There are scenes of him sneaking into S.H.I.E.L.D.'s stronghold to get his hammer, but he is no longer worthy enough to wield it. Thor is caught by the humans of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the midpoint. He's given up and he sits captive and not answering any of Agent Coulson's questions. Then his brother appears with a glimmer of hope, but Thor learns from Loki that Odin has died and his mother has forbidden Thor from returning to Asgard. This false defeat deepens Thor's sense of loss and exile. The bad guys close in as Loki consolidates his power on Asgard. Thor's friends, with the help of Heimdall, continue to come to Earth. All is lost and that whiff of death is smelt when Loki sends the destroyer to Earth to kill Thor so that he can never return. Thor's friends and newfound allies on Earth are in danger, and Thor is powerless to protect them. This is a pretty dark night, as a fight is about to happen, and Thor admits he will only get in his friend's way. Thor's realization that he is not worthy of his former power, and that he has brought danger to his friends on Earth, represents his lowest point and the complete stripping away of his ego. We break into three with a breakthrough that comes when Thor sacrifices himself to save his friends and Jane from the destroyer, but not before using the Iron Giant to speak to his brother and tell Loki that he is sorry for whatever wrong Loki feels he's committed. Thor tells Loki to take his life and end this. It's a bit of an echo of how his father ended the long ago war with the frost giants that saved so many lives. This selfless act proves Thor's worthiness to wield his hammer. The hammer comes flying into Thor's grasp, reviving him. Which brings us to the finale. Re-empowered, Thor defeats the destroyer. That was just the warm-up battle. He needs to return to Asgard to confront Loki and stop his plans, all in a five-part finality that I'm about to break down for you. First, we start with gathering the team. Remember, this phase involves the protagonist preparing for the final battle, often by assembling allies or resources. The entire team is currently on Earth, and they have to get back to Asgard. They call to Heimdall, who has been trapped by Loki. Heimdall manages to free himself 
and the band of warriors prepare to take the Bifrost, but not before Thor promises Jane that he'll return. He gives her a chaste kiss, but our 20th century mortal woman plants a big one on him. You go, girl. Step two, we got to execute the plan. This is where the protagonist puts their plan into action, which often leads to an initial success or a significant step towards their ultimate goal. Thor's plan is simple. Stop Loki's scheme to destroy the frost giant planet. Thor arrives in his father's chambers where Loki has just stopped the execution of his sleeping father, an execution that Loki put into motion, by the way. Thor initially confronts Loki in front of their mother and tells Loki to admit to his dastardly plans. Instead, Loki says he'll go pay a visit to Jane instead. For the Hightower surprise, that unexpected twist or complication which arises, making the situation worse or more difficult for the protagonist, the brothers head to the Bifrost, where the beam is currently in the process of destroying Jotunheim, home of the Frost Giants. Loki and Thor fight to get control over the beam. They dig down deep where the protagonist musters additional strength or insight to address the challenge. Thor realizes that the only way to stop Loki's plan and save the frost giants is to destroy the Bifrost bridge, even though this means losing his way back to Jane. This shows Thor's newfound wisdom and willingness to make personal sacrifices for the greater good demonstrating significant character growth. Now he's got to execute a new plan. Thor destroys the Bifrost, but the fight isn't over. Thinking his brother is about to fall to his death off the destroyed bridge, Thor steps in to rescue Loki, only to realize it's a trick. But now they're both in danger of falling until their father awakens and saves them both. But Loki decides this is no longer the life for him, and he lets go of Thor's hold, plunging him to his death. But probably not, since he is the trickster god and Marvel's got franchise on the mind. The five-part finale for this film showcases Thor's evolution from a reckless, power-driven prince to a thoughtful, self-sacrificing hero. Each part of the finale ties back to Thor's personal growth and the film's overarching themes of duty, humility, and sacrifice. The final image is of Thor in Asgard. Having matured and learned humility, now he's a worthy king-in-waiting and a true hero in both spirit and deed. This contrasts sharply with the arrogant figure seen at the beginning of the film. His father looks on him proudly, noting that Thor will be a wise king. There's only one more marvelous breakdown to go. Last up is the Guardians of the Galaxy. So if you haven't watched it in a while or you've never seen it, be sure and pop some popcorn and see it before the next episode. And if you want a more in-depth exploration of pacing, try out my Patreon of Pacing course, How to Write a Binge-Worthy Novel in 21 Days at AnnesWrites.com forward slash PTP for Patreon of Pacing. You can also read more breakdowns and chat with others on my free Substack at AnnesWrites.Substack.com. In the meantime, you go get them words and I'll try to keep it together until the next time that we break it down. I'll see you then. Bye.